Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle. Joining me today is our LFC editor, Andrew Kelly. Hi Andy. Hello Ian. Uh, also with me is Joe Rimmer. Hello Ian. And as you can probably hear, there's a bit of noise in the background and that's because on the line, live from Seville, we have our full-time Liverpool reporter, both home and away, James Pearce. Hiya Jay. Hola. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, uh, uh, where are you? Have you managed to find a drinking establishment straight away? No, no, you, you'd know I wouldn't ever do that before a press conference, Andy. Um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm just doing my prep in, uh, in, a, in a lovely little cafe next to the stadium. What's, uh, what's conditions out in Seville? Seville? Seville. <laughs> out in Seville, like? It's glorious, yeah, yeah. The uh, crack in the flags, it's about 24 degrees. So I think... Uh, yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be the clock's lighting, I think, when they uh, when they touch down shortly, and then we'll be hearing from obviously him and, and one of the one of the team uh, at the stadium a bit later on before open training. Have you got your shorts on, Jay? Not yet. No, no, no I'm saving no. them for tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> so, Jay, um, we've seen the squad that's gone over there. There's no Joel Matip, but Adam Lallana is in there. I mean, would you be expecting Lallana to feature, perhaps? Uh, potentially off the bench, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. Um, you know, he, he was obviously. I think Klopp said uh, at Melwood last week he was absolutely desperate to to get back, and they were having to almost hold him back a little bit because uh, there was no need to take any risks with him with, with the attacking options that Klopp has got at the moment. But um, but yeah, um, you know the fact that he's travelled is certainly a positive sign. Hopefully, um, we'll see him at, at, at some stage. And you know, I think obviously the only real concern is defensively in terms of you know the. With, with Matic being out, you know, not a huge deal of, of cover there. But um, you know, thankfully, both uh, Lovren and Clavan are, are going into it with uh, you know the confidence boost of a, of a really decent performance at the weekend. Yeah, Danny Ings is involved as well in the squad. I mean, there's no obviously suggestion he's gonna he's gonna play or even get on the bench. But it's great to see him in and around the squad again, isn't it? Yeah, I think it would just mean a lot to him just just to be out here and be be a part of it. I think it's been a really tough tough season for him so far you know I think well, he only had that League Cup uh, cameo at Leicester um, and you know he, we've, we've hardly seen him since and you know, obviously Neil Critchley and speak to the young lads in the under-23s they, they've absolutely loved having him around and he's been a, you know, a fantastic influence around the dressing room but you know, it's not where he wants to be he wants to be desperately trying to force his way back into Klopp's plans and um, you know I'd, I'd be surprised if we saw him um, against Sevilla, um, just because you know of the other options ahead of him at the moment. But um, you know, with a, a, I think what is it, 13 games in, in the space of 44 days, starting from that, that game against Southampton on the weekend. So uh, there's, there's a decent chance that he, he will be required at some point over the coming week. Yeah, James, we heard from Klopp after after the win against Southampton Saturday, and for the first time, really, I think that like he sort of. Almost outlined the fact that he, he, you know, he was going to get involved in. I think his phrase was mixing it up over the next few games, and uh, in terms of, you know, he's always tried to say it's just about the next game, but and managing the next game. But he's, he, he basically said, I'm not just managing the next game; I'm managing the next 13 games. And while I haven't worked them all out yet, you know, I'm going to have to mix it up. And uh, the good thing for him on Saturday was that he got a good result to. To kick off that uh, that period, and it sort of gives him a few more options, doesn't it? When you when people are in form and playing well, that it's a bit easier to to sort of move people in and out of the team, really. <laughs> I'm just getting abused by, by visiting Liverpool fans at the moment. <laughs> 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 I 
he was he was being very polite. No, you're, you're right, Andy. You know, he has got he has got big options at the moment. I think um, you know you, you take Saturday. You know, who were the ones that came on? Obviously, Milner came on. Uh, Chan. Um, you know, I, I, I just, it wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me at all if, if if they don't find their way into the team. Uh, Oxley Chamberlain as well. I'm sure he would have counted himself very unfortunate to miss out after scoring on his full Premier League debut for the club at West Ham. So, you know, those those three wouldn't surprise me at all if if, if they came into the side. Similarly, I think you know, I think we'll probably see Joe Gomez coming in for Trent at, at right back. Obviously, the keeper will change um, as he has done in the other European games so far. Um, and that's yeah, for luxury first time really this, this season that he he, he he finds himself in a position where he can mix things up and make four or five changes without a you know a real drop in in quality. Now you've not been over the very long, James. But has there been any buzz yet about the, about the game? Is there any feeling around town apart from being abused? Obviously, <laughs> uh, there was a lot of reds on the on the plane coming over to uh, to Malaga for Manchester this morning and. Uh, I think everyone, the ones I've, I've chatted to on board, were in very good spirits. I think they're in, they're enjoying themselves at the moment. You know, what is it? Thirteen goals scored, just one against since since that uh, heavy defeat to Tottenham. You know, it's been the, the perfect response to that that setback. And you know, I think I think people are I think in the, the Liverpool are in a much better shape now than than when they they faced Sevilla at Anfield at the start of the group stage. I think um, you know that that was that was. Two points squandered that night um, with the defensive lapses and obviously Firmino's missed penalty and, and not being clinical enough in the final third. But um, yeah, I think I think Sevilla would have seen what Liverpool have done to teams in the last few weeks, and I think they'll be they'll they'll be a lot more concerned about facing Liverpool than the other way around. I mean, would you say that Sevilla are going to be facing a, almost like a different Liverpool to the team they played back in September? Oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. I think just you know in terms of. One in terms of personnel, in fact, in, in terms of the fact that Klopp's now got you know all his big hitters fit and, and firing, um, and, and also just the, the absolute you know, depth he's got, which you know I think we spoke about on the pod last week. It's amazing how you know standards keep on rising when when you know that you have to be absolutely on it 100, percent or or there's someone waiting in the wings to take your place. And I think that's the that's the great thing at the moment. You know, there's. You know, you, you could probably argue maybe the, the two centre halves pick themselves at the moment, but apart from that, you know, everyone is on their toes because they know that you know if they slip up, there's uh, there's, there's someone ready to take over. And J- James, the, uh, the the thing about that is that we're almost going into what's potentially one of the hardest games of the seasons. Uh, Sevilla, we know, have a very strong record at home, but you don't you don't feel scared about potentially not putting out. What what you tend to assume might be the first choice team, um, you'd want to see obviously Mane and Salah in in the forward line, but but apart certainly in midfield you can see those changes and and whatever line he puts out there, Klopp, it, you you're not going to just suddenly go oh I can't believe he's put out that team. There is that there is that flexibility now and that ability to bring real quality into the team without without worrying about it really. Yeah, I think you know certainly Milner would be one example of that, wouldn't he? You know, he's performed really well in the in the European games that he has played in this season. You know, I'm sure it would have been a bit galling for him. I think he missed out at West Ham, didn't he, before the international break? But then again, at, at the weekend, um, you know, so he would he he would be one that you wouldn't have any concerns about whatsoever if he if he came into the side. And it's you know it, it, it's it, it feels like you know Liverpool are in a better shape in terms of depth than they've been. For, for many, many years, you, you even go back to the, the, the Benitez years, and you know that was always the, 
the frustration then that when he did rotate, he, he was bringing in three or four players who who weren't up to it. And um, you know, I I don't think that's the I don't think that's the case at the moment. And obviously, things can change quickly with injuries and suspensions. But you know, uh, you know, Klopp Klopp absolutely you know you could tell he was he, he was absolutely buzzing off Saturday because I think you know, it, Liverpool have probably played better in terms of clicking as an attacking force but I don't think they've played better in terms of like such a controlled and mature performance where they were never ever at risk and, and, and just kind of raised the bar where they needed to and, and didn't take any, any, any stupid risks and, and, and ran out such an emphatic winner James do you think we could see Daniel Sturridge in this game he scored he scored in his last couple of starts but has been left out against West Ham and Southampton uh, do you think this is the sort of game where he could come in with Chelsea on Saturday as well yeah, it'd be an interesting one. I, I've got, a, I've got a feeling he might, he might stick with Firmino. Um, I mean, I, it, it probably I do feel for Sturridge because obviously you know he scored in those back-to-back games and and then uh, and then missed out, didn't he, before the international mm-hmm. break, and then missed out again um, at the weekend. So there's obviously some some stories doing the rounds this morning, linking him with a potential exit in January. I'd be absolutely amazed if Klopp even considered letting him go. Um, in, in January, regardless of how much he features between now and then, because you know he is still going to be very important to Liverpool at least until the end of the season. But, um, but yeah, I'm sure it's been a bit of a little frustrating spell for him because I think when I, I did a chat with him at Anfield about about four or five weeks ago, and he spoke then about the difficulties when you're not in a rhythm and needing to play regularly, and, and he, you know he obviously hoped on the back of of a couple of goals that, that he would get that chance it hasn't happened for him but um, you know, he, he's still a fantastic option for, for Klopp to have I suppose it speaks volumes doesn't it about the options Liverpool have got considering we're talking about a player who did score in his last couple of starts and, and has not been able to get a look in in the last couple of games James sorry say that again I just lost you there <laughs> oh, sorry yeah, um, I suppose it speaks volumes doesn't it about the, the options Klopp has got at his disposal considering we're talking about a man who scored in his last couple of starts, but then hasn't got a look in, and he's not the only one. Oxley Chamberlain as well played well against West Ham and, and didn't play against Southampton, so he's, he's got plenty of options for tomorrow, hasn't he? Yeah, he has. And you, when you think of the weekend, you know, Lallana obviously didn't even make the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you have to look at look at how strong the under twenty three team was that went and thrashed Everton later on on Saturday. To you know, the play, players there who who would usually be part of the, the first team setup, so. It's um, yeah, it's, it's it's certainly looking good at the moment, it's, and it just feels like it, it, you know it's, things have cleared at a really good time for Klopp as well. Because um, you know I think he he touched upon it at Melwood last Friday, where he said you know it's, this isn't just an intensive period; it's a really decisive one as well. Because you know, he, he knows that you know of, of course Man City are uh, you know are, are leaving everyone trailing in their wake at the moment, but. You know, uh, Liverpool have got a, a big, big job on their hands to make sure they retain that that top four spot. Um, you know, and they need to need to ensure they get themselves into the knockout stages of the Champions League. And you know, that uh, this period from now and over the over the over the Christmas period is is going to be absolutely crucial to achieving that. James, we're going to uh, we'll let you go uh, shortly to uh, grab a bite to eat before you go off to the press conference and training. But um, I'm just wondering what you think is a good good result tomorrow night, mate. I mean, um, it'd be great to get the win and get qualification secured and, and everything else. But you know, would you take a draw right now? Uh, you know what? Probably not. Just because I think the form Liverpool come here in, I think actually quite quite fancy quite fancy them to, to 
to do some damage on the, on the you know, especially on the counter attack. I just think you know, as long as he, you know, I, I, that's why I quite, I, I hope he does keep that same um, front four. Um, you know, that we obviously that was the first time on Saturday that Coutinho, Firmino, Mane, and Salah had all started the Premier League game, and I'd like, I'd like to see them going at it again. And then I think, you know, hopefully. It'd be it'd be nice to see Liverpool get a couple of goals and and then he can he can maybe make a couple of changes with 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 one eye on on Chelsea. Um, but yeah, I think I mean it's well, the, you know, the position Liverpool find themselves in is, is they need one win, don't they, from the the last two games to be absolutely sure of it. Um, so you know it's, it's it's a big game tomorrow, but it's not it's not do or die. You know it's you'd still whatever happens tomorrow night, you'd still fancy them. Uh, to do the business against Spartak at, at, at Anfield on the on the final match day, but um, it would be nice to get it to get it done and dusted in advance of that because then you know that you know we talk about the fixture congestion and the intensity of the schedule that would then give Klopp the luxury of uh, of really being able to give key men um, some some time off uh, ahead of a, a big Premier League game. Final question then, Jay. Tonight is it going to be Tapas or Paella? <laughs> It'd have to be. It'd have to be Paella. I'm not a massive fan of tapas. I just don't really ever know where you stand with all those li- all those little plates. Yeah, we, we just go and get a partridge-esque plate and, <laughs> and uh, they'll sort you out for a bit of uh, bit of chorizo or whatever. But uh, so I, mean, I, must have, I was more interested in the fact we drove past the Cruz Campo Brewery on the way in. All right. Oh, oh good yeah. good knowledge if anyone's uh, heading over to Seville uh, <laughs> right now. But uh, well, I look forward to hearing from the manager later, Jay, and uh, have a good night in Seville, mate. Cheers, lad. Cheers, Cheers Jay. Right. James Pierce there, live from Spain. Now, Andy, yes, yeah. a bit surprised actually. I thought Tapas is quite good. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's a, you know he's a Renaissance man, Pierce. I thought he'd be he'd be enjoying a bit of Tapas. Having said that, Paella, you can't go wrong with it, really, can you? No, no, I had a no. bad one in Barcelona. Really? It went very wrong, actually. <laughs> so uh, I won't go into it here. But it was <laughs> I think the problem with Tapas sometimes is if you get something and it's really nice, you don't feel like you've got enough of that one thing. No, because it's a bit of a sharing yeah, experience, yeah, yeah. isn't we it? We don't but, want to share either. I don't like sharing. We best move on. We have best <laughs> move on. Now, Andy, you were at um, South the game against Southampton on Saturday. Yeah. James mentioned about it being a controlled and mature performance under Liverpool. Is that what you took from it? In fact, because looking, looking at it from, from, I feel like he's been reading my analysis. Yes, yes. Look, I think he probably has. You know, um, looking at it from just on the outside, just seeing the highlights, and obviously we were in the in the office. It, it, once Liverpool went ahead, it just seemed like there was never, never in any doubts, and that's not always been the case. Certainly not against Southampton. Certainly not. We had four games without a goal against them. It was a really interesting game um, because um, Maurizio Pellegrini didn't come and park the bus. Is you know he, he he had attacking players on the pitch, and he clearly trusted his defenders and his two holding midfielders in Davis and. Uh, Romeo, 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 yeah, um, uh, to 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 hold it at nil nil until Liverpool got nervous and then hopefully be able to hit, hit Liverpool on the break. And of course that was working okay for half an hour for all that Liverpool had had a couple of chances. But then once Salah produces a moment of magic um, and puts one in, you know, in the top corner, the whole strategy changed. And to be honest, I don't think there's been as comfortable a game at Anfield all season. Um, it was it was great because it wasn't Liverpool at full pelt Liverpool you know absolutely on it and blowing somebody away it was Liverpool who went out and did a professional job and just made it and it's exactly what I thought would happen I mean rarely get predictions right in this this pod but I did did go for 3-0 last week and I thought they'd play well and 
just I just fancied that they were in a good moment, and I'm hoping we can ride that wave for a little bit longer. I think Sevilla are one of those interesting teams where you're just not quite sure what you'll get, and so it does worry me a little bit that. But we couldn't be going into tomorrow night in better form and. Anfield was it was nice. There was some good goals on uh, on Saturday, a really comfortable win, and job done really. And the manager, you could just tell how pleased he was with how it went afterwards. I mean, Joe, we've got to mention Mo Salah again. Yeah, yeah. You know, another two goals. How many is that? That's nine in the league, isn't he? The Premier League's top scorer. Is it twelve in all competitions or thirteen? It's, it's fourteen. It's fourteen. Fourteen, 14 in eighteen yeah. games, which yeah. is. You know, incredible start to his Liverpool career. I mean, we've we mentioned him almost every single time we do this podcast, but he keeps on scoring, he keeps on knocking in goals like he did the yeah. first one, even the second one. Oh, he's, he's been a revelation, hasn't he? And what I like about him is when he arrived, I got the feeling I thought he'd do well, but I thought he'd score a lot of tap ins, almost like the goal he scored in the opening day, which was followed in a shot. But he's not, he's scoring all sorts of types of goals. We're seeing him score tap ins, we're seeing him make late runs. And now, Road you know, runs. yeah, you know, mm-hmm. just and headers. We saw him score a header at Leicester, and now he scores an absolute worldie from outside the box. So you know, he's a very, very special player. And, and I think you, you, when you play someone like Southampton, and you know, you, you're sort of struggling to break the deadlock, you need your special players to come to the fore. And, and Liverpool have got a few of them now, and and he just really is rising to the occasion every time. It's, it's just a pleasure to watch him at the moment, isn't it? I mean, he's massively taken the pressure off. Certainly, Mane, but almost all of the other attackers. Because yeah. when you look at it, if, if Salah's not there, Coutinho's missed about the season. Mane's missed about half of the season, and Alara hasn't figured at all. I mean, he might play against uh, against Sevilla on Tuesday, but he's coming. He's just kind of assumed that he's almost like what Mane did last year, isn't he? Yeah, it is, and I think it in particular it takes a bit of the pressure off Firmino, doesn't it? Mm. Because for someone who's playing in the central nine position. Um, he had a really good game on Saturday, by the way, and was involved in a lot. Yeah, um, but again, isn't on the score sheet, albeit you know there's an assist for the Coutinho third, isn't there? Yeah. And he, you know, he makes good movement for the second goal as well. And he wins the, the ball, ball back yeah. for the first. Yeah. So he's involved in all three goals. That's what he's, he's always been like this. Though, hasn't yeah. You think he hasn't done anything, then you get down and look at it and you go, hang on. Yeah, he's a, he's a really strange player. Still, still like to in a, in a good way in the sense that you know he, you wonder. Where's his contribution? But you say, look at your pad, and his name is mentioned quite a bit. And um, yeah, I'd still like him to be on the, you know, to be starting to notch a few goals himself. But uh, you know, they they just tend to come when they come for him, yeah, don't they? Yeah. He just he hits a little purple patch and gets a few, and that uh, and that you know builds them up, moves them up the 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 school scoring ranks. But um, yeah, I mean, Mo Salah. I mean, to be fair, in the pod we we spoke before the season started and. We were saying that, you know, certainly we'd seen him in Italy and seen him score low. Was it 19 he got for Roma yeah, last season? Yeah. But also, um, we were mentioning how many he'd missed because yeah, you know, we kept seeing him and kept seeing him kept seeing him hit the post and kept seeing him a lot doing that open and out his body thing. And if you think, was it two or three times early in the season when, City, he, City away when he opened out one, his yeah. body and he, he should have scored? And But we don't really need to worry about... The chances he's he, you know he's missed now, he will miss more as well. But that's his ability to get in yeah, is yeah. just superb, isn't well, it? That's all all well, forward players, strikers predominantly. That's what happens. They miss more than they score. Yeah. You look at someone like Harry Kane. Harry Kane has a lot of shots. You know, he, he he likes to shoot, doesn't he? And that and he gets his rewards. And and Salah likes to get in good positions. He likes to make runs. He takes a chance and he gets rewarded for it. Yeah, he's he's such a classy player. Now speaking of players who've done better than we expected this season at Liverpool I mean the one that 
we can all pinpoint and Jurgen Klopp did it himself after the game I think was it your question Andy I can't remember but Alberto Moreno who, uh, who he's spoken today and, and Jurgen Klopp's basically said you know I've been a manager for 16 years I can't remember anything like this where a player who last season played made two Premier League starts I think he, Liverpool have played 19 games this season now he's started 16 of them which kind of tells you exactly the difference that he's made to his own game yeah I mean and he's you know, he's on a real high in his life at the moment, isn't he? Because actually, it was Klopp mentioned about him becoming a dad in the early hours. Um, obviously, it was a you know, hell of a week for him back playing for Spain, mm. um, became a dad. Uh, I think he was already a dad, I'm not quite sure, but, yeah, uh, he, was, but, yeah. but he was. But another, another uh, Alberto Jr. arrived, um, albeit that uh, he, he was at the team hotel and missed the birth, uh, which might not have gone, gone down well. With uh, with his missus, but um, <laughs> um, you know, and he played another really good game. I mean, I was doing the analysis, and I was torn between doing him and 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 Trent. It was surprising. There was, no there was never there was a decision. Okay. There was so I did, yeah, I did Trent in the end, but yeah. they both on both sides. Um, you could have picked either of them because they both did really well. Um, and I picked Trent because he sort of you know been out of the side a little bit, and we haven't really focused on him. But he came in and had a really it was my question about Trent actually to Sorry, and, yeah. he, and he, he spoke about how it was his best he said he, he was a winger who played a bit of defence and now today on Saturday he was a de- defender who played a bit of on the wing mm. and he said that was his best defensive 90 minutes which yeah. I thought it was and obviously he still managed to put Firmino in on goal with a pass almost scored himself in the first half when, when Aldum's shot got deflected into his path yeah. so it was a really good performance from Trent pretty much Klopp confirmed after the game the reason he didn't play Gomez was because he was resting him for Tuesday, so don't expect to see Trent tomorrow night. But that's that's all good, and um, yeah, long may the Moreno Renaissance continue. You know, it's, it's totally surprised me. Um, happy to see it. Some and maybe you know, even if he made a mistake now, which you know every defender has mm. got a mistake. We saw Gomez make a bad mistake at West Ham let a goal in he was in the England man of the match a few days later I think now he's got so much goodwill built up that you can almost let him make a mistake and everyone's not going to go oh here's the real Moreno I was going to say he's gone past that that kind of period isn't he where people were scrutinising almost everything that he did and the minute he played a misplaced pass which every player does in every game there were fans were going oh here he is back again but he's he's, he's gone way past that now hasn't he yeah I think so I mean uh, to be honest he infuriated me in in seasons gone by and I, I found him his lack of defensive responsibility annoying at times, but this season, yeah, you can't off. You just got to take your hat off to him because he has really, really done well. He's been strong. He defends well at, at the right times. He should have scored Saturday, uh, made a great run forward, and, and was a little unlucky. He tried to shift it onto his left foot, but yeah, I don't clearly think... after one for the baby. Yeah, wasn't yeah, he? yeah. So I felt a bit sorry for him. You know, he, he made a good run, but in in general, yeah, I don't think you can criticise him. If he makes a mistake now, as long as he gets back to it and carries on with this form, I still think he needs a bit longer. I think, you know. 16, 16 games, games. Is a, is a yeah, no, though. it is a long time. But then you want to see him do it over a course of a season and show, because when he when he did come into Liverpool, we we all thought there was a real classy fullback there, and and he, he has got the attributes. So it'd be nice to see him do it over a season and re-establish himself and kick on, and and then it really will be a, a Lazarus act. Won't the, it? the most you can say for him is Klopp's going to have to think about giving them a rest, isn't mm-hmm. he? And he's yeah. got Andy Robertson yeah, there on the yeah. bench, and. Everybody else is getting, you know, he's rotating on the right hand side. 
and yet Moreno's played virtually every game. Yeah. I mean, Andy Robson's only played three, hasn't only he? Only early in the season as well. Yeah, early, yeah, well so. If they win against Sevilla, there's an opportunity there maybe to rest some players against Spartak Moscow. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. maybe. It's not, it's but, not definite. But even Spart- if the Spartak win, they, they could still top the group with a win. Or a two-all draw or a draw yeah. to, to, you know, yeah. something like that. But yeah. I mean, Liverpool have to get this game out of the way first. But same, Moreno, yeah. I don't think he's the sort of player that desperately needs rests. He is a very he's fit a lad, very isn't he? Fit, isn't he? And um, he's not the sort of player that, to me, would 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 suffer should he not get rested in the next couple of games. Well, you mentioned then about his defending. Do you think? Because you mentioned Trent as well. That was you said he was one of his best, his best defensive, best defensive yeah, yeah. As a defender, do you have to love defending to be a good defender? Not necessarily, because some players just get by on class, don't they? You know, you see players who just um, you have players who sort of love defending. You, you John Terry's, you. Carriers, yeah. you know, you can imagine that you know they just love getting their body in the way of something, blocks, everything else. There's some players who, you know, who just just go through. On, I'm not not sure. I mean, I would even say Alan Hansen. I'm not convinced that like he, he defending was his first love in the game. He loved to step out with the mm. ball, bring it forward, pass, set set an attack or, or going. I mean, you can get really really good players who who just end up playing in defence and um, you know I, I think it sometimes it helps in some positions sometimes I think to myself I'd like Joel Matip to look like he really <laughs> loves defending a bit more do you know what I mean I was going to say um, because he Lovren's more of a he's definitely a defender yeah. whereas Matip looks like somebody who just feels like you know, I'll, you know I'll just defend this then I'll Get yeah. on and get on with playing made, the ball. He made that great block on Saturday, Lovren from Buffal. Oh, you, yeah. you could tell he was absolutely made up with it, wasn't he? And um, yeah, I mean, it was an interesting little subplot to the game on Saturday, wasn't it? Lovren <laughs> and Van Dyke. Yeah, yeah, I think um, we quite enjoyed the tackle that he put in on Van Dyke, as yeah. if to say, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that's, that's the best thing Lovren's done all season for me, apart from probably that block. He was, you know, having someone who, if if he saw that was Van Dyke, and I mean, it wasn't clever because we almost conceded from the free kick. <laughs> but somewhere in me, I'm thinking, yes. You know, for all that I want to see Van Dijk in a Liverpool shirt, I want to see those currently in those shirts fight for them. And if Lovren's going to have a little snidey one on Van Dijk, um, the man who he thinks has been lined up to replace him, you know, good on you. I, I want to see that because... He's showing at least something about wanting to stay in this Liverpool team. And on Saturday, you would say that uh, Van Dijk was badly at fault for Liverpool's second goal. Where was he going? No, no one quite knows. He seems to be really angry at what he thinks was a foul. And then he yeah. kind of ran out of position. But that's exactly the kind of thing that Liverpool fans slaughter Lovren for yeah. doing. For yeah. getting a little bit too emotionally involved in the game and then trying to make up for an error. Such as... The game against Tottenham where he went out for that yeah. header when he yeah. didn't need to. You wouldn't you wouldn't buy Van Dijk on the basis of what we saw on Saturday. He was at fault for one goal. Did make a couple of great towering headers from corners yeah, that came yeah. in where you just thought, yeah, I'd like that in the middle of our defence. And what what I put in my analysis was the whole game he just stood there and pointed and told people where to go. He was massive organised for them. Now they conceded three goals and were well beat, but you can't blame one man for that. Do you know what I mean? It's a team game, and you can't say, "Oh, Lovren, can, you know, was in a clean sheet team, and Van Dijk conceded three 
therefore let's keep loving that you know that's just nonsense everyone listening will know that would be nonsense you have to assess remember I think didn't we buy Stefan Hanshaw after he'd been relegated mm, yeah, um, and yeah. became a fantastic defender for so mm. you can't pin it on on one player but I liked his organisation I liked his ability to win balls um, from set pieces um, and I think he's had a mind blank for the for the second goal. I'm glad you mentioned Honcho then, simply because Honcho wasn't bought just for Honcho. He's bought for Honcho and Hippier. Yeah. So yeah. Van Dijk, when he's being bought, he's being bought not just for him, but for as you mentioned, his organisational skills, but also his partnership with one or two, or because it won't just be one partnership. There'll be several yeah. centre back. That's the way it is. He's being bought for that, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it's not to say that you couldn't end up with a situation where you've got Lovren and Van Dijk. Do you know what I mean? Because and Lovren might benefit from Van Dijk organising him better. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Lovren hasn't in Matip alongside him. They keep talking about how oh, we fool everybody by speaking in German. We, well, listen, if you are speaking, lads, it's not a lot of time it doesn't yeah. really, it doesn't really <laughs> work. For all that, once again, we should mention it. Liverpool one goal conceded at home in the league yeah. at Anfield all season, which is tremendous. So. The, the defence has tended to concede their goals in glots, haven't they? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, three, was it two or three at Watford? Three at Watford, three at Watford, three at Watford, three at Watford at five at City. At City. Yeah. So they've all come in these little clumps. Take, you well, can't, well, you say in the Champions League, they conceded two to uh, Hoffenheim and two, two to Sevilla as well, didn't they? So there's been more goals conceded in that, in them, two, yeah. in them games, than there's in all, all the Premier League They've tightened yeah. up recently, and I think... I genuinely think that Klopp's made a bit of a change recently. He spoke Saturday, didn't he, about not having his full-backs push on quite as often as they have in the past. And, and I certainly think Lovren benefits from that because I, I think Lovren, when he gets left isolated, struggles because he does throw himself into things and he does try and dominate. And, and But picking up what Andy said about Van Dijk, I certainly noticed at corners that he was certainly the one leading. The, the, he, he was going and winning things and he was talking and taking responsibility and that to me is why they've identified him because they want someone to be a leader in that defence and Lovren qu- hasn't quite been that player and Van Dijk feels like he could be. So he certainly... Because we know with Matip he's a quiet player, he's a bit of a follower, isn't he? And well, now, so sorry, just the one thing to say is that the problem is that Southampton's form is so poor um, that they're not far above the, the bottom of the table, are they? Mm-hmm. And they've had the easiest schedule, I think, of any team. And if you look at their schedule for the next month, it's pretty horrendous. So they could go in towards January in a really bad position, at which point you're just not going to think about selling your, your star defender, I wouldn't have thought. That or, could or, be a or your star defender is thinking that he wants to go. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, but we know he wants to go. Yeah. We've already gone down that route. Uh, Andy, I believe you were at well. I know you were at Anfield earlier today for the announcement of the Legends game. Liverpool will be playing Bayern Munich next year, and the return of a certain Spaniard. Yes, I was, <laughs> I was, I was expecting you to say Dutchman there. So um, it is, yeah. Um, you know, um, Jabby Alonso will be back, and he'll be doing the the Steve McManaman role of last time with Real Madrid, where he'll be playing the first half for Liverpool and the second half for Bayern Munich. Uh, the Liverpool captain. Robbie Fowler tells me he's hoping he gets the the the, the most of Xabi's uh, fitness in the first <laughs> half and gets uh, gets some of those passes landed in front of him. But yeah, fabulous game to announce another brilliant occasion in Prospect next March at Anfield. I'm sure it'll be a sellout. Tickets only twenty quid or fiver for kids, which is the best thing, and just some absolute legends of the game to uh, to to watch. Uh, you've got obviously Alonso who people love so much here at Liverpool you've got Dirk Kite who I had a nice chat with is up on the website who's looking forward to 
getting back to play at Anfield for the first time since he left. And uh, also on the other side, you know, some Bayern Munich legends I had a chat with there. I won't be able to pronounce Vicente Lisa Rizzo. Uh, I mean, what a career he had. Yeah. You know, World Cup winner, Euros winner, uh, won bundles with with Munich as well. The and, bund- uh, League, I think you'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, I mean, what a nice fella. He was there with uh, Martin Dimichaelis, who obviously we have less fond memories of for somehow turning himself into a defender towards the end of that uh, season with Man City, didn't he? Well, you know, because he had dropped off a bit by that stage, hadn't he? So, brilliant game in prospect, and, you know, they raised over a million quid, the Real Madrid one, back in this March. So, hopefully, you know, something similar next March, and, uh, yeah, tickets go on sale next Monday, you know? This Monday. Uh, It was today? today. Yeah, Oh, right, so tickets are on on there, um, and, yeah, get them. Uh, You know, it will be a sellout. Now, Joe, going back to the, the Sevilla game, I mean, yeah. what are you expecting in terms of Liverpool's team? Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a difficult one to answer, really, isn't it? I, I think, looking ahead to the... He's going to have one eye, an eye on Chelsea, isn't he? Um, personally, I would probably give uh, Mane a rest um, because he's because of the injury. So I'd be tempted to take him out and keep the other two, the other front two as they were. I'd bring Oxlade-Chamberlain in, um, in midfield. And he's got Milana, hasn't he? So it, it's a difficult one. I'm not too sure... You, you can't funny. overlook it, can you? You can't. You can't overlook this game because it's a chance to take control and pretty much establish Liverpool as, as group leaders. If they lose this, then they're on the back foot and hoping, hoping against hope that Maribor get a result against Sevilla in the final game. Well, that's if they want to finish group leaders. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they've still yeah. got it in the hands in terms of Spartak Moscow. Yeah. but I mean, there's a big game coming up on on Saturday. Yeah, there's massive Chelsea, game. Chelsea. Yeah. The thing yeah. is, there is a big enough gap, you'd say, between. You know, Tuesday night yeah. and Saturday night. Plus, yeah. Spain is not the furthest country. It won't be the most arduous journey they'll ever take. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, they've got that squad. I mean, is it one where he just goes, no, I need to go? And you mentioned you, there's one or two changes that you wouldn't mind seeing. But if he did field the, what he regards as the first choice team, and I think we could probably guess certainly yeah. at the defence and the, at the attack and what that would be. Would you have any qualms over the same team perhaps doing the business again against Chelsea? Not at all, not at all, because I, I think... Yeah, I think they can get through. They've had, they've just had the national, international break. Most players got a rest, didn't they? Because a lot of the big names stayed at home. Um, so they came through Southampton unscathed, sort of wound down the last 20 minutes or so of the game. So, you know, I'd like to see him go strong tonight. Again, I'd, I'd maybe err on the side of caution with Mane because of his injury problems. But in terms of the start go strong you, you, your defence sort of picks itself we know Gomez will play and the goalkeeper will obviously change but then in midfield I'd keep Henderson in try and keep him his momentum going um, he'll probably change one of them won't he maybe Emery Chan will come in or maybe Oxlade Chamberlain I'd be tempted personally to go with Oxlade Chamberlain because he's been playing well and then your front three again whether he plays Mane or not I've got a feeling he will I've got a feeling like James so he might go with the same front three and just try and do the business early against Sevilla and then make some changes. Um, but certainly that Chelsea game is massive. They've not won against the big teams this year like they did last. So they really do need a result in that game, especially with it being at home to sort of cement themselves towards that top four. I mean, look at the goalkeeper then. That's something that's perhaps been a little bit overlooked. You know, Carries, mm. he made the mistake against um, Spartak Moscow. Yeah. Didn't really have much to do against Maribor and against uh, Sevilla at home. Again, he didn't really have a lot to do. He didn't have any chance with either of the two goals. But you get the impression this is perhaps going to be the one game of the group stage where we're actually going to discover whether or not he's worthy of that place because he's going to have some work to do, isn't he, on Tuesday? Definitely. It's a very funny side, aren't they? Because when they put it all together, they look really class. Um, but 
at times this season they, they haven't and, and in this Champions League campaign they went away to CSK Moscow didn't they and Spartak, Sp- Spartak Moscow sorry and, and got turned over in quite emphatic fashion um, but then at Anfield Liverpool outplayed them for the majority of the game but for small parts they did look like a decent football inside but I think they'll have to come out a little bit more away from home so I think we can perhaps see Liverpool get a few more chances but yeah Karius again he's, he's somebody that if you're judging him off last season's performances I'm not too sure whether we can see a long term future for him as Liverpool's number one this season we haven't seen enough of him being tested to really make it make a massive decision on him but yeah he's going to have a lot of work to do and if Liverpool progress in the Champions League and he remains the number one goalkeeper in that competition he's, he's going to start really being tested isn't he? I mean, is that still a bit of a strange one for you? The fact that Karius is the Champions League goalkeeper? Or is it just something that's, like, accepted? Not really, because I think... I almost think nowadays that it's not it's not a massive problem. I think people make out like it's more of a problem than it is. I think lots of teams do it. Uh, Barcelona have done it. We've seen Man United do it. Um, and to be fair, I think we've spoken before. I think if Klopp was totally convinced that Simon Mignolet was his long-term number one, he'd be in the team and he'd play in all these games but I don't think he is and I think Klopp needs to find a way to have a little look at Karius and I think he'll probably make a decision next summer and if if Karius doesn't doesn't impress then he will probably look for a new long term number one I mean Andy what's your take on this goalkeeper situation I mean Joe's just mentioned the fact that he doesn't perhaps see or he isn't convinced by Karius from what we've seen so far but this game as we mentioned to Joe just then this is like Karras' game where he's going to have more to do than any of the other games he's played this season yeah I mean it's a big test for him I would say and a good test for him and he needs it um, you know hopefully they won't have too many chances but I'd be I think he has looked a bit better this season that's what I'd say say about him I mean obviously disappointing start to his Liverpool career um, I'd like to to be honest I might have given him a go after Tottenham um, Mignolet annoyed me at, at Wembley. Um, <laughs> all of us. Because I've, I've genuinely, I've genuinely been a supporter of him. Why? Well, why? Because well, I thought he was bad for the first goal, which was a bunch but that's of bad, just, that's one game. bad decision. That's one game. And he wasn't great for the. Was it the third goal? It's still one game. It is still one one game, but it's one game on. On, I don't think he's been quite as good this season as he was towards the end of last season. Despite the fact that they've kept more clean sheets. Yeah, but it's not just. I mean, a clean clean sheet. Yes, the goalkeeper plays a part, but you can you can you, know, you can let in two and have had a brilliant game. Do you know what I mean? Um, when was the what was the last good save that he made? Um, the penalty against Hoffenheim. That's even that's a penalty. Yeah, but but I mean, it was a good save, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a good you know, save. It was yeah. a really good save. Um, I mean, it, it's difficult. People don't get many shots against Liverpool, is it? Somebody they didn't have a shot on target, did they? On uh, on, on, on Southampton on Saturday, and that, I think we've done that three or four times this season. So sometimes that's difficult in terms of how you assess your goalkeeper. I don't. Christian Walsh obviously gave yeah gave him five. Gave him five. It was a bit harsh. He did have that consternation where he he fell over the ball. It was heart and mouth. He does that. Like one in five games, Mignolet has that moment, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a bit harsh in a, when he had a clean sheet to have five maybe, but you can see where Christian was starting from. He hasn't had a shot to save, and normally if you have that type of a game, you can't really give the keeper more than six because he hasn't really had the chance to show you anymore. Yeah. And then he's had his moment in front of the cop where everybody's heart stopped briefly, and he, Christian's clearly thought, well, I'm taking one off for giving us a scare. <laughs> and has left him a five. So I, think, I don't think... Uh, I don't think uh, the keeper himself was overly impressed with that rating. No, he was say. not. No. Um, but um, I can understand where he was coming from. But 
Yeah, I I think Klopp has to sort out the goalkeeper situation. He he tried to by coming out and saying that Mignolet is number one, but then he muddied the waters by giving Carriers the Champions League. And if you're Mignolet, having performed really well to get Liverpool in, in, into the Champions League, you must be a bit peeved off that you then don't get the chance to play in it. And um, if he's saying, say Liverpool get through to the last 16, and Klopp has essentially said, Simon Mignolet is my number one goalkeeper. So he's going to go into potentially a last 16 tie and go, not going to play my best keeper. I'm going to play this lad who's been playing for us. Yeah, but now, then you can others see have done it before. Yeah. I know you, what you're going to say. Others have. Barcelona did it before. I think Real Madrid did it as well, didn't mm. they? And so it, it, it's, a, it's a funny situation. And maybe it is a situation where Liverpool have three good goalkeepers and maybe not one world-class one. So we, Danny Ward hasn't really had the, much of a chance to show it. But um, presumably he has in training. And presumably... The view is that, that Mignolet is still, still number one. I asked Joe what he reckons the team or what he would have the team at Sevilla. I mean, what would your take? Um, Carrius, we're going to see Gomez, aren't we? Clavan, um, Lovren. I think Moreno, obviously, mm. he's got such a link with Seville. I think we'll see changes in midfield. Channel start. Not expect uh, Adamite and Oxley Chamberlain will start. I think he might go a little bit the way he did at West Ham, you know. Um, that that set up um, playing the four yeah Mm. Um, I could see with with Mane on the left of a a four in midfield Oxford Chamberlain on the right Milner and um, and and AN other in in the centre of midfield so um, that that wouldn't surprise me Um, I definitely see midfield as being the place where the changes have come but you'll want to keep his you know, he wants to keep Mane and, and Salah and most probably Firmino all on, on that on that pitch. But uh yeah, I, I think Liverpool will go into it in a really good way. Final question then, what do you think the score's gonna be, Andrew? Um I think it I, I could see a score and draw. I'm gonna go for I'm gonna go for two two. Two two. Joe? Uh, I've got a good feeling. I think Liverpool are gonna go there and win. I think there'll be goals in the game, but yeah, two one, three one. I think 3-1 as well for Liverpool, yeah. simply because I, know, I saw City did them, I think it was last year, where they did them on the break, caught them really early, got a few early goals, and I'd imagine something the same again. Right, that'll do us. Uh, that's the end of this podcast. Join us later this week where we'll look back on the Sevilla game and look ahead to Chelsea. Cheerio.